Hello, and welcome to The Worst Critics, episode 47. I'm Noah Davis, and I'm here to give you the news because scheduling conflicts once again. Uh, I'm going to get right to it. Got some casting news. Catherine Hahn is set to play Joan Rivers for a new Showtime limited series, The Comeback Girl. It'll focus on, well, Joan Rivers. John Boyega joins the cast of The Woman King. That was the African historical drama that we talked about maybe a month or two ago. Kevin Hart to star in a Netflix original Lyft. He will be playing an expert thief to thief who is asked to pull off an impossible heist during an inter international flight at the request of his ex-girlfriend and the FBI. Sure. Uh, it's going to be directed by F. Gary Gray, who you might know directed straight out of Compton and the eighth Fast and Furious movie, Fate of the Furious, I think. Kevin Bacon to star in Bloomhouse's new horror movie, Whistler Camp. Uh, supposedly about a gay conversion camp or a gay conversion therapy camp. I sure. Yeah, whatever, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, new TV movie announcements, Marvel, Hulu, Disney unveils their first look at Hulu original hit monkey. It will premiere November 17th. It was announced alongside Modoc last year. Uh, it's got a 2d art style. Looks humorous. You get it. Fantastic Beast 3, officially titled Fantastic Beast: The Secret of Dumbledore. The release date has now moved up to April 15th instead of July 15th, 2022. For any fans of Fantastic Beast series, there you go. There's some good news for you. Moving on to some reboots and sequels, HBO and Max is set to create an animated series revolving around Velma from Scooby-Doo. Uh, Mindy Colling is to voice Velma, and I think produce maybe right. I'm not exactly sure. Peacock orders a television reboot of Pitch Perfect focused on Adam Devine, Devine's character. Uh, he will return to star and all. I, yeah, I don't know about that one. Paramount Plus renews Regrets for Season 2. And moving on to some Netflix news. Netflix has acquired the Ronald Dahl Story Company. Uh, they plan to create a unique, unique universe across animated and live-action films and TV, publishing games, immersive experiences, live theater, consumer products, and more. So this is kind of weird because Netflix usually either creates IPs or buys the rights to existing sequels of existing IPs. I'm not sure if Netflix has ever just outright bought the rights to a complete set of IPs. Uh, they will get... Or they will now receive royalties from existing Ronald Dahl books and Ronald Dahl merchandise. So, I don't know. This is kind of weird. I'm, I'm wondering if more streaming services will do this. You know, I, I could see Warner doing it to Harry Potter if they don't already own that somehow. Uh, who knows? Dan Levi enters a creative deal with Netflix. So we've talked about, I don't know, 20 of those in the past year. So, you get it. He's going to make some Netflix stuff. And some bad Netflix news. Netflix is facing a lawsuit of $5 million filed by Chess Grandmaster, and I apologize for this mispronunciation. Mispronunciation. Nona Gaprindashvili and company, a line in their new or their show, The Queen's Gambit from earlier this year, stated the only unusual thing about Harmon really is her sex, and even that's not unique in Russia. Uh, there's Nona, but she's the female world champion, has never faced men. That is apparently entirely incorrect. Uh, Netflix replied or gave out a, a brief press announcement that said they will fight the suit and they don't believe that it's any sort of slander or defamation, but 
you know, it's kind of weird that they would just straight up lie about something that kind of presents itself as historical fact. Uh, who knows? And moving on to the last piece of news, LeVar Burton now says he doesn't want to host Jeopardy anymore. So, sorry, Jeopardy producers. You guys can kind of get fucked. Uh, this is this is what happens when you hire another boring, stereotypical white man just who wasn't Ken Jennings. Uh, you know, it's... You should have went with LeVar Burton the first time. So it's kind of, I, I think everyone can put the blame on you guys. And that'll actually be it for the news. And on to this week's reviews. We will start out with Lil Nas X's Montero, the newest album that came out last Friday. Uh, I just want to start this off by, this is like the most middling album we've reviewed. And I think I used this for some other review we had. But yeah, this now is the new deja vu. one. <laughs> this is the new one right here. Uh, I, I don't know, man. I, I, I've said it. I think I said it during the Gold Link album where I said if you take all these songs in a vacuum, like not one big album, these songs would be totally okay to good. But since it's just one after another of just these generic beats and just like pop rap to the max, I mean, like. This might be the most poppest rap I've I've ever encountered or listened to. I don't know, man. I, I, I don't know. Do you have any? The only other real commentary I can make is that it benefits from being so pop rappy that you get these really, really good features um, is what I was going to say. Like, yeah. you know, it's like, hey, how many radio hits can we get? You know, but let's put Jack Harlow on one hit. Let's put fucking Megan Thee Stallion on one, hit. Let's put Doja Cat on one, hit. And yeah, in that regard, I, I think yeah. it's pretty good, but eh, otherwise, as an album, it's just like listening to a shitty pop playlist, you know? It's just like you had the radio station on that's playing all the unfortunate songs that you don't care too much about. Yeah, there's, like a, there's a significant lack of diversity between songs. Uh, there's not there's really, not really a range. Interlude thing. Oh, yeah, that was like, what, track five or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, there, there's not a ton of range. I didn't, I didn't love any of the songs. I mean, I, I don't think I hated any of them. I thought the Elton John one was pretty bad, but I agree. Elton John one was the one I didn't particularly care yeah, for. Definitely, um, the worst I, one. I, I, I didn't like the Miley Cyrus one either. Oh no, no, no! I totally forgot. So you literally just said that I didn't like that. Uh, I, I it's kind of weird because I don't know. I, I kind of after what almost a year of reviewing albums, I kind of expect some sort of vision, but that did not come through at all. Like, I don't well, know what it's it his first one. Yeah. Yeah. You're supposed to try and make a name for yourself and be different, but I don't know. It felt like he dug himself in this hole of cliche pop rap. I don't know. It, it, it's weird. Almost. See, my curiosity is going to be, is he going to turn into like what Post Malone is? Yeah, that's where, my guess. Yep. Where you do this thing and you're very unique. You know, like Post was like pretty, pretty unique when he first came on the scene. Mm-hmm. And then he started to like devolve to try to like fine tune his shit and became like super poppy and then like went full the other way and now just like makes Post Malone music. And I wonder if Lil Nas X will do the same thing where he kind of. He goes in this pop direction, and then he's like, all right, I made all the big money. I can do now whatever the fuck I want, and then he goes back to, you know what I'm saying? That'd be great. I mean, that'd be great, but uh, one of my few notes I have is that he probably should have had a mixtape or two before this album because 
I don't know. It kind of shows that he he's all right, but it shows that he doesn't really, um, I don't know. It's not really a honing of a craft. That's not what I got from this album at all. Uh, it just seemed like a guy who's making music of the genre he's in, you know, I, I don't know. They all kind of sound samey. Um, I, I, I couldn't tell you a good or great song on this album. Did you have any good or good or any ones you liked? I, I really liked the uh, Megan the Stein and Doja Cat ones. Well, I liked um, those for the features. Like, I liked yes, Doja. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Me too. Um, the ones without features, I would say the only one I liked was Don't Want It. Um, and that's just because it was basically the same as all the other songs, but it was like one of the shortest ones. It was like two minutes. So yeah, it kind of went through its point. It had no like lingering bars, extra verses, unnecessary parts. Even right now, Whereas, I'm, I'm trying to uh, sparse the different hooks. So I, I I can barely tell you what song you're talking about, honestly. It's like it just drops out the beat basically, and it's him talking over like uh, some horns or something. Like that's kind of another chorus. Yeah, but, uh, I I don't know. I feel like I could get to a review pretty pretty quick. Yep, yeah, out out of ten. Oh, I just want to give it a like a five, just like the most middle middle. Thing. Yep, yep. yep. It, it, it's I not agree. it's not offensive it just seems like a lot of missed opportunities there's room for improvement it's very uh, well produced isn't the right phrase but it's like it's i know but very well produced makes it sound like i'm saying that the production is like a really high standard or caliber or worthy of praise but no it's like it's so um clean and like again like industrially you know fine-tuned that it is very well curated in a like you can like dance really well to it like i can totally see this being on the radio and like everyone you know oh yeah every song pretty pretty, much yeah pretty yeah pretty much just enjoying any song but it's just that it's like it's just enjoyable and like once i don't think i would want to listen to any of these songs more than one time in a row so yeah, like it's a pro and a con, and so I'm very happy with like a five. It's totally fun by me. Five out of ten from the worst critics. Let's move on to the movie this week, which is Clint Eastwood's Cry Macho. I don't know where to start, so if you if you would take it, I would love I would love that. Yeah. Uh. So this movie might be, and I can't believe I'm saying this two weeks back to back, but the worst movie I've ever watched. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> because somehow it like hits these horrible like racial stereotypes quote unquote but i'm like are they really stereotypes or are they just like some shit that he went no one can tell me no so (laughs) okay he's got he's got a fighting cock (laughs) no one tells clint eastwood no that is the biggest fucking problem of his career Uh, or sorry later in his career it was fine at first but once he started making old man movies that's when he should have been told no a few times uh, and like yep. this, like sexual interest. He's like ninety-one. I swear like, to God. Oh my God. Can we stop making him the sex symbol? <laughs> yeah. One, you're not a sex symbol, Clint. You haven't been for forty fucking years. And two, why? Uh, why this pee like this is one of my biggest peeves about Hollywood or movies, what what have you, is that old actresses just apparently don't exist. 
you have to have a 20 year fucking age difference the man has to be older and then the woman has to be way younger 20 she was like 60 that's a 30 year age difference i I mean you know just a general age difference uh it kind of pisses me off and this movie was so bad about it because it's in your fucking face and oh yeah it was gross and that's like just a small thing that's just a small thing his sexualization like Let's talk about how bad the acting was. Like, uh, well, but, not only not not only were there blatant issues where he like clearly forgot his lines clearly. because he started saying something and like that clearly had to have been the best take because then he says something completely different. But like Dwight Yoakam, the fucking cowboy who wants his son back, that guy, I was so offended by every time he was on screen. And like, yeah, I can get the little kid, the Mexican kid, like not really being that great of an I mean, actor, whatever. Yeah, you're Fourteen, whatever. Yeah. But like, every single person had a shit job. The best one was like the mom of the kid, who was like, just what was she supposed to be like? The most stereotypical like whore, bad parent. Like, yeah, what was can, that can about? She was just selling yeah. herself to everybody. Like, ooh, fuck me. Oh, you don't want to fuck me? Well, fuck you. I'm going to kill you. It's like, then, wait. Yeah, selling her son and stuff. Like, like what? Like, what? Uh, Clint Eastwood's perception of the world is crazy. Absolutely That was nice. so... I thought that was the laziest thing of the whole movie was the random thread of, like, him being sold out to people. He's like, oh, you're just one of my mom's pervert friends. And you're like, wait. We're just going to drop that this kid's, like, sexually abused on the reg. Yeah. And just leave it there? Just like, oh, it's just a little fact. It's Mexico. You don't know what happens down there. (laughs) They really don't acknowledge it until, like, he shows the bruises in that really clever scene where he shows the bruise. Like, fuck, dude. And the whole time... Every scene was bad. The whole time the henchman is in pursuit of them, Jesus Christ, it was drill through my fucking head, like... It hurt me every time he was on scene. It was like, oh, here's. Sorry, it's it's like they tried to do the hero journey that we talked about in Green Knight, but just did everything absolutely wrong. And yeah. <laughs> there's there no smart writing. There's no smart script. Uh, none of the characters. The pacing. The pacing. <laughs> was that an ending? I literally at the end, I I was confused. I I, I was very confused as to what that was, that build up was. It's like it was building up to a fucking wall. It's just like, oh, oh, flat wall over. Movie's over. Well, I, I even mean like, so there was a point where the, you're like, how long have they even been gone? Because it really doesn't specify when day nights happen. Yeah, a couple and weeks then or some shit. Humble, yeah, Humble calls and he's like, yo, it's been two weeks. Where's my kid? And you're like, two weeks? This is like 200, 300 miles of travel. Like, that takes two days tops. You know, add an extra, like, double it because he's got to fight off the bodyguards and the henchmen and the border patrol. But there wasn't even border patrol. First off, he met him at the border in some rinky-dink border stop. Like, Oh, and you can, the whole you movie can just, was so cringe. You can just bribe Mexican cops. I don't know if you knew that. Clint Eastwood taught me that well, in that movie, yeah. of course. Yeah. yeah. A couple hundred pesos goes a long way down there. Uh, oh, no, yeah. the, the, the best bit, the best bit. People just leave their cars to be stolen, yes. and then you just drop them off at the next town. Yes. <laughs> Everyone's just stealing each other's cars. No one owns a car in Mexico. I love how they just keep the, passing yeah. them. We're supposed to be sympathetic to this man and a boy after they hijack cars twice. Uh, oh man, this is just a mind-numbing movie. My only positive note was it's a good time to do some self-reflection. You have you have like a full hour and a half to just think about how you came to this point in your life and why you're even watching this movie. 
yeah. I, I don't know. Like, I can excuse Gran Torino. You know, Gran Torino, I, I get that there there's some problematic things about that movie, but I think Clint was actually trying to do something, and, you know, the movie's a movie. But this movie is just not that. He's trying to do something and misses the mark completely. Uh, he tries to humanize Mexico, but really in the end, he kind of seems to make it worse, like anyone's perception of it worse. Uh, I don't. Why can't Clint be a, a side character? Like, why? What is his obsession with starring in his own goddamn movies? You want to hear something absolutely crazy? What? What? <laughs> that someone this enjoyed this movie? This movie has been trying to be made since 1988. And apparently some producer, Albert Ruddy, tried to get Clint Eastwood in the initial one in 1988. And then it got passed all the way around for years and years and years to freaking Burt Lancaster, Pierce Brosnan, and then the most almost made one was Arnold Schwarzenegger until he got elected governor of California and had his divorce with Maria Shriver and then had to stop it. And then in 2020, Eastwood went, I'm going to produce, direct, and star in it. Wow. Isn't that awesome? Okay. Crazier. Well... Oh, no, no, crazier. What? Okay. October 2020 to August 2021 from... Uh -huh. Starting writing to finish product put out there. Right. That's disgusting. In the middle of the pandemic, pre vaccine. That's oh. why this movie's so shit. It was just like turned out garbage. I don't know what to tell you. I feel like if this movie came out 20 years ago, it might be a little more accepted. Or even, even in 1988, when Clint Eastwood was a 40 year old fucking man, this probably could have worked. Like in some I weird agree. way, it probably could have worked. But no goddamn way does it work in 2021. It's, it is so bad. Yeah, it seems so out of touch, uh, tone deaf, uh, what, what, what have you. Just any negative connotation of an old person, that's this movie. That's this movie. Uh, he, he sums it up pretty well, honestly. Um, I want to say half the script felt like improv. It, it just felt like they were just like bullshitting half the time and Clint Eastwood was just telling a story, like legitimately telling a story about Clint Eastwood's life and like, oh, let's keep it in that script. Um, yeah. I don't know, man. Uh, I, I don't have a lot more notes or I don't have a, yeah. Um, My only other comments really are just that it's so, so egregiously offensive. Yes. I mean, egregious. there's so many things I don't even want to go into from like, Obviously, the cop bribing thing was sketch, like the cockfighting thing, the sexual abuse to the stealing of the cars to like the, oh, you don't look like a gringo now anymore, senor. And because he put on like a fucking drug, uh, what's it called? A drug sweater? What do what yeah, you call them? I, I don't drug know the technical term, yeah, but yeah. Right, but don't we call them that here yeah. oh, in yeah, the States? Drugs. Like, yeah. yeah, so I'm just like. He just changed his top, and you're going to be like, oh, essay. Or or he's like, he's a vet, and then the cringy sheriff thing is like, you better take care of my wife's dog or I'll kill you. And you're just like, bro. It's absolutely ah. awful. Um, oh. Hold on, I'm just going to go through some of my notes. Uh, the intro, it felt like there were credits missing. It's It's as if he made a movie that wasn't very modern, but then... 
he's like, oh, wait, we don't need the credit sequence. So that intro is just weird shots for no reason. Uh, the exposition at the beginning was so heavy and forced, it hurt my soul. I think um, we watched, what was that fighting movie, Warrior? Was that yeah. that? Warrior had really good exposition because it had that highlight reel and they talked about the guy's career and that's an amazing way to do exposition. Whereas this did that, but like shoved it in your face and said it three times. And it's like, dude, I know you're not what you, what you once were. Here's the weirder thing. Why? So we start with this exposition about him being a rodeo superstar, right? And then the first scene is him getting fired. And then we travel forward a, a year's year. time, and mm-hmm. he gets hired. Mm-hmm. And that all happens in, like, six minutes. Yeah. Why did any of that need to happen for me to know that, like, wouldn't it have been even just cooler if we knew nothing about him? He was just some fucking, you know, Texas hitman for hire or something, and then it turns out he's just, like, a rodeo star. You know what I mean? Like, yes. why are you hiring cool. a rodeo star to travel the border? And then it's like, you know, oh, he's just, like, the third or fourth failed attempt by this guy to steal his son for fucking, you know whatever whatever what what was a stupid like monetary reason financial reason they had, something was in his name they, or something they had investments that matured and if he had the boy then the mom would give him the investments that's what he said <laughs> <laughs> it's just like yep the worst writing the worst movie the yep. worst everything really. we, we're now, on a roll of bad fucking movies now the only thing that could have made it worse was if it was like one of these intentionally weird avant garde, like, you know. Would that if, have been if, worse? If, if, were, if, well, yeah, if there was like weird, like, kitty porn vibes or like <laughs> way too aggressive, like, sexual assault scene against the kid, like. Leon the then, professional. Right. Then it could have been worse. Uh, or Running Scared. Did you ever watch that movie? No. Uh-uh. It was like, it was never played in theaters. It went straight to DVD, but it had like a bunch of big actors in it. Um, and the reason why is because they couldn't even give it NC-17 because they Damn. were um, – it was fake, but they, like, put real scenes. Like, the guy's, like, an undercover cop, and they're, like, chasing these – like, a weird, like, cartel or something that ends up being tied to, like, a kitty ring of, like, kidnapping and raping these kids. Classic. And Classic have, like, Mexico. And they have, like, videos of the things, and you, like, see one of the videos, and you're just like – Great. So, like, if they went that direction, it could have been worse. But, I, I don't know, Running Scare is a pretty good movie. So. <laughs> yeah, so, I don't know. I don't know that could have improved this movie or made it worse. Uh, last note. I just, my last fucking note is that Warner Media made the right fucking calls. Not putting this, not putting yep. Into the Heights, not put, or In the Heights, not putting fucking Reminiscence. In theaters, they made the right call. Okay, I want Warner executives to know that I'm backing them up a hundred percent. These movies, I would have been so mad if we had to pay ticket money and sit there for two hours for any of these three. Uh, Jesus, I don't know. That that's 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 all I can really say about this movie. I think. Do you have any lasting notes? No, we're not really. Just. Don't watch it. Don't, don't fucking watch this movie. Like, even if you like Clint Eastwood, that's probably even a bigger reason to not watch it. Like, you're just going to tarnish what you thought of him. I don't know. And if, if if you like Clint Eastwood and you can excuse the hereafter, then you might like this fucking movie. Well, yeah, but I don't... Mm. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. If you, if you enjoy these old man movies, then you, I guess you might. If you have a very... Uh, uh, 
I don't know what the word is, a very closeted view of the world, and you think this is how the world actually works, then you might, you might like this movie. I don't know. I don't fucking know. I like. And what's the score for this? <laughs> what's even actually one more comment? Yeah. How was the runtime only one hour and forty four minutes? It felt like a two and a half hour movie that somehow did nothing did and nothing. offended me and pissed me off the whole time. Yeah. Yep. Like, I don't know how, like, that's like a testament in and of itself to its quality. <laughs> because how did you keep me so disengaged and at the same time, like, linger for so long? Right. It's just crazy. Yeah. Uh, I, I literally don't know what to score this other than, like, a zero, a one, or maybe a two, maybe. And I don't even know what the well, two's so, for. So we gave, we gave the two last week. I did think we? this is a... I think this is a quality, or maybe we give it a one at five, but I think we said two. Well, I mean, I'm so okay putting this a one, honestly. I think I think we go one. I think this is lower than that. I, yeah, I'd rather watch a net any day of the week I, than this yeah. fucking shit. Exactly. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay, you heard it here first. A one out of ten, aka do not waste your hard-earned free time on this movie. Oh, that has been episode 47 of The Worst Critics. We will see you... Later this week on episode 48, where we will be reviewing the new Peacock original James McAvoy movie, My Son, and Sufjan Stevens' A Beginner's Mind. We'll see you next week. I'm Noah Davis. I'm John Pena. And we're out of here.